Today, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming free masterclass to heal anxiety. Now, this is especially for those of you who have tried many other programs or interventions and you feel like there's just something missing, like these treatments or therapies just keep missing the mark. Or for those of you who've been told that you just need to manage your anxiety and you know that this is utter BS because no one wants to just manage with disruptive anxiety forever. So this masterclass is sharing inside secrets of what it means to truly heal anxiety by understanding the three parts of anxiety and how these are causing problems. The link is in the show notes to register for free. See you there. We are going to kick off today with the complete recipe that you require to change your response to anxiety back to empowered acceptance. I'm very excited to be sharing all of this information with all of you. And the whole aim of this is to show you that it is how we respond to our anxiety that is the thing that lands up getting it stuck. So let's just dive in to part four of our anxiety reset. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long. Ease anxiety for good. We identified what our response type was and then we looked at the specific steps that you might be needing in order to be able to shift your anxiety going forward. Today, what we're going to be looking at is identifying how to undo some of the blocking beliefs. Now, I must tell you that the vast majority of people that I work with have at least one of these beliefs that are keeping them afraid of their anxiety. The first is that anxiety is going to kill you or harm you in some way. That that next panic attack that you have is going to be the thing that causes damage in your body, lands you up in hospital, does something terrible to you. The second belief is that anxiety can render you useless somehow. In other words, it can collapse you, make you pass out, leave you unable to talk or function, and then that's going to be very embarrassing in some way, or you'll have to leave work, or something might happen. The third belief is that anxiety is going to make you go crazy, that somehow you're going to land up losing your mind or landing up in a mental institution in a, in a straitjacket. Those are the three main beliefs that most people struggling with anxiety have. And when we believe this, you can imagine, if this is something that you believe, then anxiety is going to stay a very, very scary thing that you do not want anywhere near you. And it's going to be very hard to take your eye off of it, to accept it, to allow it to be, and to trust that you have what it takes to shift it. So today, I want to give you the instructions on how we're going to begin moving towards an empowered acceptance. The fact that you believe one or more of these beliefs is because you are not in an empowered acceptance response state with your anxiety yet. Now, today we're going to look at the ingredients that are required to get to an empowered acceptance space with your anxiety. But like baking a cake, 
we need to have the right ingredients. When you're baking a cake, if you skip out baking powder, you're going to have a cake that flops. If you skip out adding the eggs, you're going to have a cake that doesn't come out well. And in many cases, if you're baking a really amazing cake, you might find that you would need to put the ingredients in specific order. I tried baking a cake for my daughter's birthday last week and I had to put the eggs in the sugar and beat them for exactly eight minutes before I was allowed to add the flour and the baking powder. And the reason for that was it was supposed to make this cake amazing and fluffy. So I'm going to give you the exact recipe today that is there for you to create empowered acceptance. This is really the four-step ease method that I teach all my clients in all of my programs. But it is important for us to be able to make every ingredient go into that cake mixture and sometimes actually in the right order in order for that mixture of empowered acceptance to be as successful as we want it to be. Okay, so here it is. How to get started with ease. The first ingredient is to bust our anxiety myths. Because as you know, the thing that keeps us so afraid and so overwhelmed is our fear of anxiety. And it is basically that we are disempowered against it. So when we're in an empowered space, which is our anxiety or is our empowered acceptance response, we're feeling a lot more confident about anxiety and what to do with it. Now, the problem is that anxiety gets such a bad rap and largely because it is so misunderstood. We think of it in ways like it's a, a mental illness or a disorder, which means that if we're thinking of it like that, it's a dangerous thing to have. It's something that is not of us. It's something that has happened to us. And we now are at the mercy of this experience. Now, I'm hoping that with some of the information, you're starting to change that understanding of anxiety, that actually anxiety is of us. It is a normal emotional response that everybody has. And when it becomes debilitating, it is because it has become stuck because of our fear of it. That's a very different understanding than looking at anxiety as this big, scary, dangerous thing that's happening to you that you're at the mercy of. And when we can shift our understanding into this new space, we also realize that so much of why it's stuck is our response to it, which puts you in a much more empowered space than thinking, I'm ill, I'm disordered, there's something wrong with me, I'm damaged. So already some of what we're doing is beginning to bust those anxiety myths and changing how you feel about it. But one of the other things that often keeps anxiety so solidly stuck and us afraid of it is the fact that we think of it and have always understood it to be a feeling or an emotion or a mental illness. I put mental illness in inverted commas because I don't think it's a disorder or an illness, right? But we think of it as this mental emotional experience. But the thing about anxiety, and I'm pretty sure you can all agree, is that it is such a physical experience. The symptoms of anxiety are very physiologically based. Racing heart, shortness of breath, sore tummies, dizziness, ringing ears, tingling, foggy brain, you name it. So it's very physical and then it becomes really worrying because how can we make sense of these physical experiences that are coming from a feeling? It doesn't make sense and that's why we become afraid of it. And this is why in, the, in all of my courses actually, I teach exactly how anxiety can cause some of the most common symptoms such as nausea, why it causes chest pain or dizziness, 
or even depersonalization. Because once you're able to understand how it does that, it makes so much more sense. We can put the two together and we can say, oh yeah, that's anxiety. It makes sense that it's doing that. For example, many people have difficulty swallowing as an anxiety symptom. But one would not imagine that a feeling or an emotional response can cause difficulty swallowing. So they become scared of that symptom. And obviously, if they're scared of it, then they're anxious. And if they're anxious, then they're going to have more of the symptoms. So you can see this as a self-perpetuating cycle, right? But here's the thing. When you understand that when we become anxious, all of the muscles in our, in our neck and our shoulders and in our throat, everything actually micro-contracts. Part of this is because it's a safety response, right? That we're readying ourselves for the fight or the flight. So naturally, everything's going to tense up. And it often tenses up around the throat muscles. Now, for people who are sensitive to this space of their body, because remember, we all have different awarenesses, they can become more sensitive to the fact that it's difficult to swallow. It feels tighter. And the minute that we begin to focus on a particular symptom, that symptom then becomes so very, very loud. It's almost like the only thing that we can see. And then because we're now anxious about it being there, we're creating more anxiety, which is then creating more of the constriction and more of the difficulty swallowing. What I'm trying to demonstrate here is that when you understand how anxiety functions in your body, and why it causes the certain experiences and symptoms that you're struggling with, it becomes so much easier to accept it and to be with it and to feel less afraid of it. And remember, all of this is about changing our response to the anxiety. We want to get to empowered acceptance. So that is the first ingredient, is understanding why anxiety causes those symptoms. And it's what I teach in all my courses. The second ingredient that we want to move on to is how to befriend that anxiety. We need to become friends with it. Remember, we've got empowered acceptance as our response style. Empowered means we understand the anxiety. Acceptance is that we're becoming friends with it. Now, this is the process of leaning in and accepting that anxiety state. Because when you understand how anxiety functions, which is our first ingredient, and why we're doing them in order, then you would also realize that anxiety serves a purpose and its purpose is to keep you safe. All it is, is a basic alarm system. It wants you to pay attention. What it wants you to pay attention to is sometimes not always that rational. And when we're in stuck anxiety, it's asking you to pay attention to itself. But right in the beginning, before your anxiety became stuck, your anxiety was asking you to pay attention to something. And most often we either are unaware of that, we don't like the feeling so we push it away, we ignore it, we get on with other things, and so the anxiety gets louder. Now, to demonstrate that, I want you to imagine that you have somebody at your door right this minute, and they have got life or death information for you. As far as they're concerned, if they do not tell you about this thing, you could die. It's not true, but they think that. And they're knocking at your door, super frantic, really afraid. They, they really have the stuff to tell you and they're bashing at your door. You're a bit afraid of what's going on outside your door. So you don't want to open the door. You're just going to lean up against it, try to keep them out, ignore them, pretend that you're not there. But they know that you're there and they've got this life or death information for you. What do you think is going to happen in this scenario? If you just continue to 
pretend that you're not there and try to keep them out. What do you think that they're going to do with their life or death information? I'm willing to bet, and I bet you can agree, that they're not going to just go away. They're going to get louder because they know you're there. They're going to find other ways to get your attention so that you will listen because it's life or death, right? Now, your anxiety is that. Your anxiety is knocking and trying to get your attention. And when you avoid it or push it away, it can only get louder because that's what its purpose is. So the only way that we can get anxiety to calm down is by opening the door and leaning in and listening to what it's got to say. And sometimes that's really uncomfortable, but we don't want to push it away because the pushing away is what causes more anxiety. So I know that that's a really tricky thing to do, particularly when you are feeling so anxious about your symptoms or you're feeling so anxious about what you're experiencing or what anxiety might do to you, which is why, of course, the first step is so important in understanding and busting the myths of anxiety. But I do offer for people in my Ease Hub these guided audios that you can listen to in the middle of a panic attack or your scary symptoms of chest pain or depersonalization to really just help you to stay with it and to listen rather than pushing away. And I teach a variety of ways of leaning in and accepting anxiety inside my courses. And one of the things that I teach, for example, is to imagine your anxiety as this spiky ball. If you've ever used one of these, they're really hard. They're, they don't have a lot of give in them. And so when you use them, if you resist against them, it can be quite sore. Like it can be very sore if you push hard, but the best way to use it is to kind of give into it. But if you resist against it, it can be very painful. So you imagine your anxiety as one of these spiky balls and it exists inside you. Wherever you have your symptoms majorly, if you have chest stuff, then it's in your chest. If you have tummy stuff, it's in your tummy wherever your anxiety exists. Now, if you resist against that, if you push hard, it's going to hurt because there isn't enough room for you and it inside your body, right? Like if you're contracting and going, get out of here, then you're closing in your space. But what you're actually doing is you're closing in around yourself and the spiky ball inside your body. And that's causing pain and soreness and more symptoms. But if, and this is the process of acceptance, a really good way of understanding it, if we could just expand and create more room inside of ourselves for us and our anxiety, our little spiky ball to exist, then we can kind of relax around it and it will be less painful. So how do we expand to create that space? What I do is I just breathe in, I take a nice deep breath and I expand my chest and my rib cage and I imagine that I'm now creating room for my heart to do what my heart needs to do and my anxiety to keep doing what my anxiety does. And for me also to be there alongside it. You can either expand or you can resist. And as you know, when we resist in anything, anything in life, we're going to create more of it, more pain, more suffering. But when we expand and lean in, there's a very different experience. And then that takes us to our third ingredient, which is shifting our focus. Now, you and I both know that we've got to take our eye off of that anxiety. We've got to stop calling it in, particularly for those of you who are struggling with anxious fixation. But the problem with trying to get your eye off of anxiety is if we say, don't think about a white elephant, what happens? We think about a white elephant. And if we say, oh, don't eat the cookies, what happens? 20 minutes later, hand is in the cookie jar because your brain can't stop thinking about the cookies. 
So brains in general do not respond to negative comments. It, it kind of eliminates the not. It doesn't understand it. It only focuses on the do, do whatever it is. So instead of saying, don't think about anxiety, we want to tell you what to think about. Don't focus on anxiety. Your brain's going to focus. Don't focus on the depersonalization. It's going to focus on it. Don't focus on the ringing ears or the noise sensitivities. You're going to focus on it. What you want to be doing is giving yourself a specific set of actions. So I teach a variety of ways of shifting focus inside the courses. The ease method will give you strategies to literally diffuse from your thoughts and put them over there and how to focus forward and refocus your mind into the present moment. But another really, really good tool is being able to identify what really matters in your life right now. And often this is around values. So we do quite a bit of values work inside the ease method course. But one of the really interesting ways that we can begin practicing that today is to start thinking of the way in which our mind tends to have selective attention. So we're always focusing on the things that are going to prove what we already believe. When you want to buy a new vehicle and you're thinking about buying a Toyota, all of a sudden you're going to start seeing all of the Toyotas on the road. And you're going to think, wow, there are a lot of Toyotas these days. People are really loving Toyotas. Fact is, Toyotas were always out there. You've only just become aware of them because of your selective attention. Now your brain in an anxious space is doing the exact same thing with your anxiety. It's selectively attending to all the things that create your anxiety, all the things that feel like more of a threat to you. So as we want to shift our focus, what do we want to shift it to? I like to teach my clients to focus on glimmers. This is a really cool concept. Glimmers are the, the little positive things that are happening in your day every day. They're always there. We just don't notice them because we're so busy selectively attending to the things that we want to selectively attend to. So when we're thinking about glimmers, this is as simple as noticing when you're in the supermarket and someone smiles at you. Or you notice that mum and her baby and they have that moment and you're like, oh, that's so cute. That's a glimmer. When you walk out of your door and you think, wow, what a beautiful day, that's a glimmer. When your kid reaches out and just holds your hand while you're watching TV, that's a glimmer. So it can be tiny little things that are happening that just shift your feeling state ever so slightly. That's a glimmer. Now, if you actively intend to focus on glimmers, you're going to begin shifting your focus to stuff that is also important. And the more you do that, the more your brain is going to begin seeing them. It's kind of like the Toyota story, right? But you've actively got to decide, I'm going to look for glimmers. So this is how you can begin shifting your focus. There are lots of other strategies that we can teach you, but I find that this one is probably one of the most powerful to start with. The last ingredient that we have to bake our cake is, of course, to engage, to stop avoidance. It's the fourth step of the ease method. The reason for this is, as much as avoidance brings you temporary relief, we also know that it is one of the biggest things that perpetuates our anxiety. So I want you to think about what the implied message of avoidance is. When we are telling ourselves, oh, you're going to get anxious when you go do this thing, and then you don't do it, you're agreeing that A, you're going to be anxious, and B, you can't cope with that. So we're confirming this danger 
and we're reinforcing anxiety about that thing for next time. Because if you agree with your anxious brain that going for that drive this afternoon is an anxiety thing and it's dangerous, then the next time you want to go on the drive, your brain's not going to go, oh yeah, sure, Dee, well, let's do it this time. Last time you thought it was a danger, but this time it's fine. What's different? Nothing's different. So your brain is now going to even more strongly believe that it's a danger and you shouldn't do it. So each time you avoid, you reinforce anxiety and you reinforce avoidance. Now, it's not your fault that this happens. What is happening here is largely that your brain learns on a rewards-based system. So the minute we do something that brings us relief, the brain automatically stores that as a habit. You avoid, it brings temporary relief, next time it's a habit, you don't even think about it, you just don't do it. And it becomes reinforced. So the only way that we can undo that is to start looking at the cost of avoidance. The what is it costing you to not do X, Y, and Z? And I'm willing to bet that it costs quite a lot, right? It's costing you relationships, it's costing you your work, your productivity, your personal growth, your personal freedom, your personal independence. It's huge. It's a huge cost. Your brain's not seeing that though, because in the moment, all it does is goes, oh, I don't want to be feeling anxious. So it is very, very important that this step gets done. However, the final step of doing this is 100% imperative that you have already completed the other three steps. You have to put those other ingredients in the cake before you can get to this one. And that is why exposure can be so very traumatizing. And I have so many people who contact me on TikTok, on my Facebook group, through email, you name it, saying, I'm doing exposures, but it's not working. And largely because they haven't put empowered acceptance in place yet. So they're coming at it with this fear of anxiety and it is feeling traumatizing and then it becomes even more scary to do the next time. I'm not even going to encourage you today to start the process of this fourth ingredient until you have absolutely nailed the other steps and that you can feel confident in your empowered acceptance. The fourth and final step is certainly something that we walk you through very carefully but only once you have got empowered acceptance in place. Now, we have spent quite a bit of time together and the fact that you are still here tells me, first of all, that you are that keen to shift your anxiety and that you're prepared to show up for yourself, so thank you for that, but also that you must have found some value in what I'm sharing here. So the big question is, are you going to go back to baking this cake with all the wrong ingredients and you're gonna continue believing that anxiety is a problem and that you need a miracle cure to fix it? Or are you going to start taking back your control today, realizing that it is entirely within your power to change your response to the anxiety and thereby get back your confidence and to stop planning your life around anxiety? Now, I really, really hope that it's the latter that you wanna do. And if you wanted to, I do have a course called the Getting Started with Ease online course. And it takes you through each one of the ingredients that I've spoken about today to get you to that empowered acceptance. It is designed to teach you the exact ingredients and steps of the Ease method. I hope that this has been of use to you. The biggest thing that I want you to know is, and I've seen this, I, I do this for a living and I've been doing it for years now, is that when you realize how much of this is in your control, to just change your response, and it is that simple, but also that complex, 
then you can get your life back. And I, I got off a beautiful call with one of my clients yesterday where this was the thing we discussed of how absolutely simple. And I promise you, she has been sitting in the, in the background for over a year, joining all of my live challenges, my live classes. And she never wanted to sign up for a boot camp, which is absolutely acceptable. And then she just did because she'd had enough. And we were having this conversation yesterday about the simplicity of the changing of the response. It is such a difficult thing to do, so I'm not taking that away from you, but it's difficult because of all of these blocking beliefs, misunderstandings, all the coping mechanisms that you're using against your anxiety. That's what's keeping it there. The minute you start to implement the ingredients that I've shared with you today, you begin to change the way that you think about anxiety and the way that you feel about it, and that acceptance locks in. And then you get to a stage where you 100% begin to plan your life based on what you want and not considering anxiety as the first thing that we have to think about when we want to X, Y, and Z. So I hope you're going to take me up on this. I hope that you're going to take back control. I hope that you're going to feel empowered after knowing how you can reset your anxiety. And if you'd like a little bit of extra guidance or support in your journey, then don't forget the Getting Started with Ease online course. In this course, we show you exactly how to create that empowered acceptance relationship, how to actually do the acceptance part of this whole journey, and also how to maintain a healthy relationship with your anxiety. Now, the link is down below in the show notes if you're interested in that course or how to get it free. But for now, I just want to say thank you so much for spending time with me in this four-part series. I have had such a blast sharing this with you, and I hope that you have received some value from it too. So that wraps up today's episode, and I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.